Welcome to another episode of the Redeemed Man Podcast. The goal of the Redeemed is to provide a supportive community where all men can open up about challenges, worries, and failures, and celebrate their triumphs over those struggles. We hope you find this episode informative, relevant, and most of all, inspiring. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Paul Amos, founder of The Redeemed. For many of you who've been listening for a period of time, you know that we had a monthly podcast for several (laughs) years. And now this year, beginning in January, we've gone with a weekly podcast. And as a part of that, we've tried to choose a theme each month, something that is within our scope and our mission, but is also a a way for us to tailor the particular podcast to a something that will hit home with you. And so, Nate, if you wouldn't mind, the director of The Redeemed, Nate Dewberry, to talk about what our theme for this month is. Yeah, we've been really excited about the different themes we've had. We've talked about relationships. uh, And this month, we're talking about creating a family legacy. And you may say, well, I don't have a family, and so why does this matter to me? Well, I think no matter where we are, we can look back at our family and go whether or not we had a great spiritual legacy Mm -hmm. or a family that we want to model something from, or maybe it's a, a family you look back on and go, I'm not sure there's anything for my family I want to carry to the future. <laughs> but that gives you a starting point to go, hey, what is the legacy I want to leave my family, my kids? Even if you're not married now, don't have kids, what does it look like to go ahead and think about what you're creating for the next generation? Absolutely. I think about family legacy in two different ways for me. I have a great family in the background, but I'm also very proud of some of the things that I've been able to do for my family going forward. Very different in those ways and love to talk about them here today. Um, How should we kick this off? Well, I'd love, I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about your own family and what, when you look back and reflect on your family, what are some of the things that really you're just so thankful for those values that you see that have been passed down from generation to generation. And then I, in turn, will will talk a little bit about what I've seen in my family passed down. Because we have very different families, but I think we have a a great spiritual legacy in both of our families. Yeah, you know, I was grew up in a family where the difference between work and family and faith and everything else were all blended together into one conversation. You know, and I think about my life and some of the choices that I've made, not always the right ones. I think about the relationship that I had with my second son, Mansell. You know, in 2017, Mansell came to me and basically said, I don't feel like you're my dad. I feel like I have lost sense of our family and lost sense of our values and what we are meant to be. And I realized my family legacy was absolutely falling apart. It was painful. It was hard. But I will tell you that it was a wake-up call. You know, shortly thereafter, I ended up making the decision to move on from the company. Uh, I, I ended up in a very different situation doing private equity, which allowed me to stop the travel back and forth to Japan, which allowed me to be present in my children's lives and allowed me to really build my faith in a way that I could pass that along to my son. Mansell, from the time he was born, had a sense of God about him, a sense of something (laughs) special that was there for him. And, you know, here he is today preaching in front of his entire freshman class at Wheaton College, where he is eaten up with his faith. And I hope that in some small part, as he tells his story, that he would tell you that a big influence in his life is the fact that 
we had such a transition in our relationship. I hope that we'll get him to come on and actually uh, sit on the podcast and let him tell some of his story. But the thing that I may be most proud of in terms of turning that family legacy around is the fact that he told me before he left for college that he went from calling me Paul instead of dad to calling me his best friend. Mm -hmm. And I think about what that will do for him and his own relationship with his children. Uh, You know, he is absolutely going to be a different father and a different friend and a different person because of that shift in our lives. And so um, I feel good about some of the family legacy that's there. There are other things that I would love to change and be different, but we work every day about it. And I think that's part of a legacy. It doesn't just live on its own. It has to be breathed into. It has to be born out of and lived into a wonderful thing that everyone can understand and feel. And so, um, yeah, I think that there's been great history in my family. I think there's also been an overcoming in my current family. Uh, And uh, I think family legacy is a a great topic for us to be talking about because, as I know, you're going to hit on both your personal family but some biblical sides of the family. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on for you in your life. Yeah. Well, if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you hear thunderstorm when we're recording this, it's raining and, and storming here in Columbus, uh, Georgia, where we're recording today. Uh, so if you hear that, just be aware. But yeah, my family. So thank you first for sharing about yours. Also, thank you for sharing your own struggles. I mean, the reality of it is, is we all can mess things up, even if we're trying to do really good. Amen to we that. have a way of of making a mess of things. But I think that's the beauty of the biblical story is the fact that in our mess, when we're pursuing Christ and when he is Lord of our life, he takes the messes we make and makes it something beautiful. Yeah. Um, my family, so very different. My great-grandfather, uh, he was a ninth grade, and his dad told him he had to quit school uh, and help him. And, and, and so he quit school uh, at, in the ninth grade, got married to my great-grandmother at 17. So they were both 17, in love, uh, married before long with kids. But their story is so amazing to me because even though he did not have a, um, you know, a great amount of education, the way that he could work and use what he had. Uh, we always talk about, we feel like he could have been an engineer cause he could take something apart and learn how it worked and put it back together. And, and always was thinking about ways to save money. Uh, obviously a generation where the great depression had a huge impact on how they lived and what they, what they valued and, and how they saved and, his love, though, for my, my great-grandmother, uh, his name was Larkus, and her name was Wilma. And uh, we but we uh, knew them as Big Daddy and Big Mama. Uh, <laughs> even though neither one of them were big, that was uh, how we knew them because they were uh, our great-grandparents. And for me, watching their faithfulness, um, over the years they were not people that had a lot, but they were faithful to the people around them. They were faithful to the community they were planted in. Um, they gave to make sure the baptistry was built inside their church. When churches started installing baptistries, uh, that was huge to just see their influence in their church. And then my great-grandmother went through oh, so many different health issues, mm. and he was there to love her, support her through all that, married for 69 years. Wow. Uh, and so their faithfulness and commitment to marriage really was something that 
was such a model to me. Um, the way they loved and served the church, a small local country church that they were involved with, and how no matter how difficult things may get or how much people might disagree, they remain faithful to the church uh, and loving. They have now, man, so many grandkids, great-grandkids, uh, and great-great-grandkids now that I honestly, when I look at my family, I can't think of anybody that I don't know that I know that does not know the Lord personally. Wow. And that's probably now in the 70s number of people that have been impacted and influenced by just their lives. Unbelievable. And that to me is just, it's amazing. Their work ethic was one thing that really stands out as a huge value. Mm-hmm. Um, their love for the local church. Um, not only was that on my dad's side of the family, but on my mom's side, um, I was able to spend a lot of time with my great grandmother on my mom's side. And, um, she spent numerous years without her husband. He died early on. Um, but she was faithful again, every Sunday morning, she didn't drive, but somebody would pick her up, get her to church. She was so gentle and kind and caring. Um, her faithfulness in every area, again, was just such a model to me. And then now, my wife's family, uh, she comes from a rich uh, family of, of spiritual legacy. Uh, I even have here a book that her um, grandfather wrote. Uh, he was a missionary to Columbia, him and his wife. Uh, he was a, a trained as a vet and was willing to leave all the things here behind to go to Columbia, learn a language that was not native to him, uh, and sacrifice so much to see people come to know Christ. And that, to me, is really just... Such a uh, an amazing thing to see people who, at a time where you had to get on a boat to go to Columbia, you know they were not flying there. The first mm-hmm. time they they took their possessions, it was not easy. Their daughters uh, spent a lot of time in boarding school because they needed to be and get the education, but they weren't there with them. Sure, so much their family sacrificed, and I think when I think about her family, my family, I think about the work ethic. I think about their faith, and I think about really their desire to see other people come to know Christ. Mm. Uh, They wanted their life to count for something that was bigger, Mm. a kingdom that was bigger than what they were building here on earth. And I think that was something that was so amazing to me is watch how their life impacted so many different people. Mm. You know, it's interesting to talk about from a male perspective. We often think about the passing down of lines as a hereditary and a male thing. Yeah. You know, on my mother's side of the family, really the, the the landing, but the wood side of the family up through the female line, so much of the faith in that family was carried by women. Mm-hmm. So much of the faith in my family history was about the women who persevered despite difficult things in their lives. For my great-grandmother, uh, we called her grand-grand. She was uh, one of the most incredible cooks and chefs I've ever been <laughs> around in my life. I think I gained five pounds every summer in Augusta <laughs> when I was up there. Uh, but she lost her husband very early, and her own father had not been the world's nicest guy. And then I think about my grandmother, who was married to a, a wonderful, hardworking man who built their home from the ground up in extra hours every night. But he was not the most pleasant man in the world to necessarily be around. And my grandmother just spews a complete desire to be around her and love and compassion and forgiveness and all types of things. And then my own mother uh, was just a beacon of happiness for people around us. And so 
I think about how faith really persevered in that family, and it wasn't through the men necessarily. It was through the women. And so I think that sometimes, especially on a show where we're talking about men and talking about men's <laughs> yeah. desires, it's important to acknowledge the fact that we have a family history at yeah. times that is really about women helping guide that and being an important part of that leadership in the household or especially when the men vacate that responsibility mm-hmm. yep. and they lead to that family legacy of, of women being in, uh, you know, exactly. an important role too. And I hope for my daughter, Eden, my, my single daughter, uh, single child of being a daughter, that she will help uh, continue to lead that in her family as well, knowing that her husband or whoever's in her future uh, will play an important role, but that she plays a critical role in that herself. No doubt. It definitely, um, you see the influence even in women in scripture. Uh, that's one of the things that's, to me, one of the beauties of God's word is no matter what culture it was speaking into and no matter what culture it's speaking to today, it still as speaks with authority. And Christ showed how much value women had, even a culture where women were often mistreated, abused, and neglected in a lot of ways. Uh, the faith is a faith that is of equal value for both men and women. And you see in the life of Timothy, uh, even in, in 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 15, it says, But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. Paul was speaking to Timothy, and he knew that he was a he knew God's word because of his mother and his grandmother. It's oh, yeah. mentioned in Timothy that because of the influence of his mom and his grandmother, he knew the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, legacy sometimes is not handed down, like you mentioned, through a strong um, male lineage. Sometimes it is is the the ladies carrying the weight of the home, uh, even though we firmly believe that can that trajectory can change and if there have been men in, in your history that maybe weren't living that life that they should have lived that they men can step up men yeah. can lead in the family and the women can lead and share and have a family that is grounded and rooted on God's word so when we think about it we often think through scripture and go man they you know such a amazing faithfulness of God's people and yeah. yet there was mess after mess after mess uh you look at Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I mean, Jacob, here's a man who is in love with this woman, and he ends up marrying, uh, being tricked, marries the sister, uh, ends up working 14 years and finally being able to marry the woman that he was in love with, and then having a, a kind of a power struggle between the two of them, having children by their maidservants with a, a family that ended up being 12 sons that you look at it and go, it's a soap opera. And yet through their lineage and through their faithfulness by carrying God's word, we see the the nations blessed. We see God continue to use them. And I think so many times when we look at our legacy, we can see all the good stuff, but sometimes we got to look at the bad stuff and go, that's part of it. And God can redeem it. Because I think with redemption and what we talk about the redeemed, it is so much about that being redeemed. Is there anything kind of in your family you can think, man, this is something, your own story, but is there anything in your faith, your family background, you're like, where I can see God's redemption? Oh, sure. You know, I think about the whole concept behind starting this in 2019, <laughs> really kicked it off in 2020. Yeah. Uh, you know, we thought that redeemed was the perfect word 
because it was something that God gave you before you even knew you needed it. You know, I think for so many men out there, they don't realize that they are given a gift already. They think it's upon them and they have to go take action first. But God has already taken that action for us and redeemed us of our sins. And I think the reality is, is that that was something that had to wash over me. I'd made plenty of the wrong decisions in life. I had made plenty of the things that split me from the legacy that I wanted to leave. Uh, But the reality was when I read those scriptures and I looked in Isaiah and I saw where God had redeemed me and brought breath into me and washed me of my sins ahead of me (laughs) even asking for those things, it gave me a whole different perspective on, on life. And it gave me a whole different perspective on how to give back to other people. You know, so many men out there on this in this audience and otherwise are hurting, some very vocally and outwardly, some very quietly and inwardly. And it's especially that second group where you can feel that they need a peeling back of the onion and layers to hear this message. Uh, and so I think that the redemption message is so critical to us and so critical to family legacies because when a legacy is broken, when a legacy is tainted, when a legacy is harmed— God can redeem that and he can fix that. He can also fix legacies that are the wrong legacy, legacies that have immorality, legacies that have all different types of issues within them that can be hereditary and passed down throughout Mm -hmm. generations as family sin. And he can redeem that and make it right and put a family legacy together that is positive. And so I absolutely see that. Oh, that's good. Amen. What a powerful word and how all of us needed that. I remember for me needing that uh, when I'd gone through a divorce. For me, that totally turned my world upside down because I had watched grandparents who'd been married for so long, oh. uh, a family who, you know, that divorce was just not in our vocabulary. And I'm thankful for that. But it was it wrecked my world when I knew that my marriage had ended in divorce. Mm. And I didn't know what could happen next? How was I going to restore? Like in a lot of ways, I felt like it was completely gone and nothing could ever change. Uh, And I remember carrying that weight, as you mentioned, men who were a lot of times alone in that. I remember feeling very alone in that season. Um, I was living in Southeastern Kentucky and moved back to Alabama. And um, my parents were gracious. I moved in with them. Um, But being, you know, in my 30s, moving in with my parents was very humbling. Um, moving back to my community where I had grown up, people didn't know what to say, so they often didn't say anything. And there was this this awkwardness to conversation of, like, someone had died, but nobody could talk about it. Oh, yeah. And for me, that hurt led me to look in a lot of different places to try to cope. Uh, and then finally, God in his rich grace just honestly in my worst season i think he just picked me up out of it i mean i I, there's nothing i was doing that deserved god's lavish grace on me but there was just a moment where i had met my current wife but i was not looking to get remarried i was not even thinking that was a possibility nor did i even want that i really thought I, i was afraid to take that risk how could i take a risk on marriage when my own marriage had ended in divorce and um, in that moment, God did a work in me and began to change my view of what he wanted to do. And I began to believe that it was possible for him to give me something that I had lost. 
And today I still deal with, you know, back and forth of my kids between here in Columbus and Auburn and the challenges that that brings. But I have an amazing wife. We are working consistently to build a legacy for our family that outlives us, that is rooted and grounded on God's word, that is an investment in his kingdom. And I could not be more in love and more of a friend with my spouse than ever before. I'm so thankful for that. And I'm amazed consistently that God could take me from the ashes that I was in and make something beautiful out of it. And that's exactly what it did. And that's what I think you and myself want men to understand, that no matter how ugly it is, no matter how broken you may feel, and no matter what kind of legacy you come from, you can start a new one today. Absolutely. And what are some of those ways that you think we can really change the trajectory of our family? Uh, and how we live our life and what we prioritize. I think first and foremost, you've got to get in the Word and have a belief in it. Yeah. I think you've got to see what God is saying to you. You know, there's so many wonderful preachers out there and wonderful pastors who are sharing that message, but I think nothing is substitute for getting into the Word and Amen. seeing what God has in store for us. I think once that happens, once you begin to see what he has and you begin to get past your own self, because I think for so many of us, getting past ourselves is one of the hardest parts. (laughs) You know, there's this barrier we've put of shame on top of ourselves. You know, I think about guilt and shame and guilt being my feelings about things that I've done, but shame being negative feelings that I have about myself. And I think for so many men out there, that distinction between the two is lost. Mm -hmm. And I think they've got to understand that it's okay to have guilt, but it's not okay to be have shame. Yeah. And once they can see themselves as a man of God, that they can see themselves as a son of God, that they can see themselves as a head of a family, they begin to all of a sudden take on a different role. Yeah. And that shame begins to wash away. And that feeling of leadership and pride not the negative pride, the positive pride, steps in and really begins to formulate a different human being. I know for me, I stayed in shame for a long period of time, and I still at times struggle with shame over the past. But what I realize is, is that by stepping forward into the light, by continuing to let God do that, I'm letting his plan be fulfilled. I think so often we end up thinking that it is our sin that holds us back, but often we're also held back by the fact that we're not willing to step forward even once that sin is no longer there. Uh, And so I think there's opportunity always in front of us. It begins with God's word, and then it goes from the momentum and initiative that you take from there. Love that you mentioned rooted and grounded in God's word. One of my favorite things is spending time in God's word. I have a great love for the word. And Deuteronomy, another passage that just stands out to me as you mentioned that is, is the Shema, which every devout Jewish person would know. But uh, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And I think that what you're talking about with the Word is just being rooted and grounded in God's Word as a foundation so that your family, no matter what comes your way, you know the truth. 
and the truth grounds everything you do. The other thing I would say outside of being rooted and grounded in God's word is time. Mm. You've got to be able to spend time with your family. Uh, and in our world, there's so many things pulling for your time. Oftentimes, especially as men, it's our career. It's what we're kind of trying to leave our kids a certain, uh, you know, we, we often equate legacy with what we're leaving behind. And often that is the greater gift is what kind of heritage, what kind of values we leave behind, not what kind of lifestyle we leave behind or uh, financial situation. Um, uh, a hospice nurse in, in Australia wrote a book, The Top Five Regrets of Dying. And in that, the second most common regret was wishing that they had worked less and spent more time building relationship with their family. And that was heartbreaking for me to read. But I think it's so true for so many people that they don't invest the time that they should in their family. And that's something I'll say that I've watched you diligently do with your own family is making sure you're prioritizing that time with them. And I know you shared that hasn't always been the case, but you now, because of something that happened in your life, got your attention with Mansell. Now it's totally different with your kids and you're investing that time. You are prioritizing that and making it something that no matter what, you're going to have it on your calendar. And I appreciate that about you. And that would be a huge encouragement for men to go, all right, let's get in God's word, but let's also prioritize time with my family. Yeah. And let's talk about time for just a minute, because I think so often we think being physically present is time. And I will tell you that I was physically present for much of Mansell's life and still failing yeah. him because I wasn't mentally present. I wasn't spiritually so present. I was on my phone. You know, just go ahead and erase whatever time that you think you're spending <laughs> yeah. with your child if you've got your phone out. Yeah. Uh, it is not time with them unless exactly. you're having to text them because they're on their phone <laughs> uh, and try to get them to stop. I think so often we need to put down all the distractions and engage again in real relationship. Yeah. And that's when time really matters. Yeah. Well, Paul, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I think our conversation today is just the start of what's going to happen over the next several weeks as we release the podcast about creating a family legacy. We could talk for hours about this, but we're just trying to tease and and whet your appetite for what's ahead. So uh, excited about our conversations, excited about the guests that are coming. And Paul, thank you for being on the show and us talking through our own family legacy. Uh, We'll have to visit this one again, because I think there's a lot of stories for our families that we could share with our audience that they would find very interesting. I know I have them, and I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, absolutely. I would be honored to do that. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you guys uh, join us for another episode of The Redeemed Man. We look forward to having you join us again soon. God bless and Godspeed. We want to thank you for joining us for this edition of The Redeemed Man podcast. We hope you come away with this episode feeling energized and better equipped to face life's challenges. Looking for a way to grow in your faith? Sign up for one of our free devotional emails. Above all, we hope you remember that no matter how broken you feel, God's love is for everyone and hope is within reach.